Father, we are thankful to you. We are grateful to you for your mercy, for your kindness. Thank you for the second Sunday, Lord, of this year. Lord, we look to you to minister to us. You enabled us to minister to you through songs, through music, through worship. We thank you that we could come and surrender everything into your hand. We thank you we can look into your holiness. We thank you you are promised to make a way in the wilderness and reverse in the desert. Hide me behind the cross. Speak to us. Minister to us. And let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 43 and verse 19. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams or rivers in the wind or desert. Last week, we saw from the same passage, the promise verse. Yes, I, I wanted to remind you the whole Bible is up for us. There's so many promises. And I urge that first, uh, bring those promises to mind and through this promise, see those promises which God has given to us in the entire Bible. And uh, here, God promises us a new thing. Why does he say a new thing? I told you last week that he is mentioning to them and asking them or bringing to their mind the old thing that he did in Egypt, how he brought them out from Egypt, and how he made a way for them in the sea. And now he says, I will make a way for you in the wilderness. And now he says, I'm going to do a new thing. And if you read from verse 16 onwards, you will be able to understand. Um, uh, you will be able to understand. Here you find... Thus saith the Lord who makes a way in the seas and path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They extinguish. They are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way or road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to drink, to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself shall declare my praise. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. And again, I wanted to remind you, God promises us, new things in our life. And you can find that similar passages were mentioned in Joel chapter 3, verses 17 to 18. If you read Zechariah chapter 14, verse 8 to 11, and Amos chapter 9, verse 13 to 14. In all these three passages, you find similar uh, prophecies given by the other prophets. And these prophets were prophesying that this transformation and sanctification will take place in the future. And all these passages describe the condition that will exist during Christ's millennium kingdom as he reigns as a king in this world, as the king of kings and lord of lords. 
And we also know in the book of Revelation chapter 21 and verse 5, God was mentioning it. The Bible mentions he was seated on the throne said, John writes it. This is what he heard. I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Yes, so what you are hearing from God, from God's word, that everything will be new is trustworthy and true. And you also read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if anyone is a, is a new creature, all things are passed away, all things have become new. So throughout the Bible, you find that uh, the renewal of every uh, believer in Christ will be made and everyone will be able to enjoy the newness that is available in Christ, the new life that is available in Christ. And I wanted to go quickly through the condition of the human heart in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 29 uh, in NIV it says the only uh, this only have I found God created mankind upright but they have gone in search of many schemes and uh, New Living Translation says but I find this God created people to be virtuous but they have each turned to follow their own downward path we have chosen to go to the downward this is what the writer the wise man in ecclesiastes 7 29 writes and says that we have gone formed many schemes gone out of the way of god but god has created man upright god has created man upright and you find that in exodus chapter 15 and verse 26 and deuteronomy 32 and verse 4 there are two scriptures that is mentioned there is that if you diligently voice of God your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. The most important thing here is talking about do what is right. Remember that word, do what is right. And Deuteronomy 32, 4, it says he is the rock, his work is perfect. Justice, a God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is He. When you compare these three scriptures, Ecclesiastes 7 29, Exodus 15 26, and Deuteronomy 32 4, uh, one particular word runs through, which is common, which you will see written all your upright or right, what is right or upright. And uh, it comes from a uh, same Hebrew word called Yashar. Okay, Yashar, same Hebrew word, upright. And that means God has made you and me upright exactly like him. That's what the Bible means when it says we are created in God's image. We are created in God's image, the exact image of God, the righteousness of God, the holiness of God. This is how God has created you and me. But you'll see after the fall, what happens? The Bible tells us, in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Continually. Look at the words the writer writes early on in Genesis 6-5. Great. It means manifold, plenty. And then it says, every imagination of the thought of his heart, every imagination, not just the action of a man's heart or the action 
that comes out from a man's heart, but even the imagination of every human being has been only evil continually. Each and every and any thought of human beings is evil. That's what the Bible says. And then Jeremiah 17, 7 to 9, it says, Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the water and that spreadeth out its roots by the river and shall not see what he comes. And going down to verse 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Here, uh, Jeremiah writing this, he's talking about you know, the blessedness a man can have, but he says in verse 9, the condition of a man's heart. The blessedness that a man can have, you and I can enjoy. But he says, our life are desperately wicked. Who can know it? It means incurably diseased, very sick, weak, frail. We have no we have no intention on our own to think of good. Even when we think of good, we always rejoice to do evil, desperately wicked. That is the condition of the human heart. And you find that uh, uh, today in the world, if you take the newspapers and read, it's very, very pathetic, very sad. Recently, last week, I read that a 55-year-old 50, man raped and killed a three-year-old girl and uh, she is his lover's granddaughter. Just think of the heart of a man, 55-year-old man, murders the grandchild of his love, three years old, rapes and murders, desperately wicked. A daughter joins her mother's second husband to murder her own mother for the sake of property. Another news in the newspaper. And we find people who are facing injustice goes to a police station to complain. Finally, they are booked and put in jail. That's the height of injustice that's happening. And son murders his own father because father refuses to part with a part of the property. This is what is taking place in the world today. And Israel was under bondage physical bondage in Egypt and God says, I brought them out. And now, as we read in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah was prophesying about the people when they go into bondage to Babylon and how God will bring them. They go into the bondage because of sin. And God says through Isaiah, I will do a new thing. I will make a way in the wilderness and reverse it and I will get you out. Bondage because of sin. Note that bondage because of evil, bondage because of disobedience, bondage because of unholiness, bondage because of impurity. And in Isaiah 43, he says, I will do a new thing. I will make a way in the wilderness and reverse in the desert. What he means to them, he tells them, I am a holy, I am a God who can forgive your sin. I can cleanse you. I can bring you out from bondage into a new life. I have, I have all the capacity. I can make all things new. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert for you. You can trust me. And God says, I will do it. That's the promise he gives to those people who are going to go into bondage. You will be going. They have not yet gone. You will be going, but I will bring you out. And you read in the Bible, it happened. It happened. And the next one I wanted to go through is 
the holiness of God. We saw the heart condition of a human being. The holiness of God on the other side, Isaiah 43, 3, he says, uh, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And then in verse 14, thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. That's how God introduces himself when he gives them the promise saying that I am, I will make all things new. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And he says, I am a holy God. I am a holy God. You are going into bondage because of sin, but I'm a holy God and I can help you. I can bring you out. In Habakkuk 1 and verse 13, he says, you are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. And in this passage in Isaiah, there is a strong emphasis on God's holiness. The Holy One of Israel and the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. The holiness of God, the Holy God. And this serves to underline the fact that God links his acts of salvation to his character. God serves, this serves to underline the fact that God links his acts of salvation to his character, to his character. When God tells, I make all things new, I will make a way in the wilderness and reverse in the desert, I wanted to encourage all of us, remind all of us that he is linking this promise to the holiness of God, to his own holiness. Israel was God's creation as an instrument to reveal to the world God's holiness. And it, it is this revelation of holiness that is the issue in the whole exile that took place. Because of the disorder, because of the sins, and major part of the theology message and focus of behold, I will do a new thing. I will make a way in the wilderness and reverse in the desert is about holiness. The promise verse for this year is not just a material alone or just for guidance, leading, thinking, yes, God is going to do something new. God is going to do wonderful things for me. Yes, he will do. He will do. He's a gracious, he's a gracious God, a gracious father. You know, yesterday um, uh, 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 in a group, uh, a little girl, a boy was having his birthday. So a lot of people were uh, wishing him. And for each one, this little boy was giving a thank you note orally. He was recording and sending to each one orally. And uh, today the mother has posted, I made him to do it. And only then asked him to open all the gifts and see. Why? Because he wanted them to be. Uh, one, uh, he want, she wanted to teach them, uh, teach him to be thankful. I said, I can't imagine the hard condition of this little boy waiting to finish all the wishes of people and you know, uh, returning to them the thanks and then opening his gifts to see. He, the mother delights to give, but mother wants to teach something to the children. Yes, my dear brother, my dear sister, God delights to give you and me the things that we need in life, not what we want, things that we need in life. Yes, he will take care, but he wants to give us first and foremost, teach us something that is about his holiness. Um, what is holiness? What is uh, life? Uh, what is life without God? What is life without God's holiness? It's like buying an expensive car without a fuel tank. Can you imagine a little fuel tank or a battery buying an expensive car? It is so with our Christian life. 
we can say I'm a Christian. I've got a Christian name. I go to church. I'm an amazing Grace Age Church member. We can say I'm a pastor. We can say so many things. But what is that without God's holiness in our life? And all the challenges in the world are against God's holiness, moral holiness, ethical holiness, and social holiness. Moral holiness, ethical holiness, and social holiness. Your eye, you cannot tolerate wrongdoing. His eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. It is said that you know, uh, Isaac Newton once he looked into the into the sun, blazing sun through a through a mirror, and his eyes was affected. His eyes were affected because of the strong rays that came into his ears uh, through the mirror that was reflected onto his ears. The light, the power of the light. So it is with God. God is so pure and holy that he cannot look at evil and keep quiet. He cannot tolerate evil. There is a reaction. That's how the people had a face. They had to go into exile. God is against sin, sin and against sin completely. And sin is against God. Remember that. God is against sin, but sin is against God. The condition of man's heart is evil and God is a holy God. And this holy God says to unholy, disobedient people, I will make new things. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Yes, my dear brother, my dear sister, this prophecy is about the transformation of the heart that will take in the future. But praise God, it has already started because we are in that period now. God has started it already. This prophecy, when it came, it was for the future generation. And today, you and I are privileged to meditate on this passage, sing on this passage, believe on the passage, and not only that, to experience the truth in this passage. What does God offer us, you and me, from this passage? First one, he offered hope of restoration and future. Last week, we saw that. And this week, he offers you and me, holiness, moral holiness, ethical holiness, and social holiness. We cannot enjoy the kingdom's joy, peace, power, and glory without the king being seated on the throne of our heart. I want to repeat this again. We cannot enjoy the kingdom's joy, peace, power, and glory without the king being seated on the throne of our heart. God says, I will make all things new. Wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will lead you through that in your life towards a holy Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25 to 26. Uh, Pastor Sunny gave a beautiful message from here. I don't know how many of you remember. He promised to give us a new heart and put a new spirit. And God promises the people in Ezekiel, and it is for you and me, people of the new covenant, I will give you a new beginning, new life, new heart, and a new spirit. I will give you all this. 
only God can give. And in this new year, as we enter, as we have entered and as we are going to face another 10, uh, 11 months and another three weeks in our lives, we will come with this hope. Lord, I want to enjoy this new beginning. Enjoy the fullness of this new I wanted to have a new heart. Thank you for your new spirit. When I say new spirit on the Holy Spirit, I talk about the new spirit inside us. And must send 27 spirit and cause you to walk in my statutes, judgments, and he will renew our spirits, our crushed, hurt, defiled, filled with evil, sin, hopeless condition. That's how our spirits are. Years and years of sinning, years and years of disobedience. Easily our hearts go back into evil ways. Into evil ways. But God says, no, no, I'm going to give you a new heart, a new spirit. And I'm going to put my spirit inside you and cause you to walk. Obedience. Not because of my own strength. Yes, my effort is there. But he will cause through his spirit for you and me to walk in his statutes. And then he says, and uh, you will keep my judgments. My responsibility is also that God's spirit is there and God, and that will cause us to walk in his ways. But he says, pray, you also have your responsibility. You will keep my judgments and do that. So it's not automatic. Everything coming from God. He says, I will do a new thing. I will lead you through the wilderness and I will give rivers in the desert. Rivers for you to drink, for me to drink and be fully satisfied. And then he says in verse 29, I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. Deliver you from all your uncleanness. My dear brother, my dear sister, we are privileged receive this assurance from God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. I told there are three moral, ethical, and social evil sins. Which, whichever area you and I are finding weakness, shortcoming, we are giving excuses. God says, I will work on that area. I can transform you in that area. I will deliver like a deliverance that comes in a warfare. God says, I will deliver. I will make you to be victorious. I will liberate you. I will give you freedom and you will be preserved. That's what he means. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. God promises to open for all of us a new way as we trust in Christ. And through Christ, we'll find a way through the desert of this life. And he will give us streams of living water and provisions as we go along in our way. He will make a new way through Christ for you and me. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 14. Small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Narrow is the way. You and I have to check our footpath. Where our feet are, feet are. Is it in a narrow path? You know, there are times when I've taken my car through these 
you know, narrow roads in Bangalore city. And now I find it in my own street when vehicles are parked on both sides, two wheelers and other types of vehicles. And through the narrow path, I have to go through very carefully without touching their vehicle and without touching my vehicle. When I was meditating on the scripture, I only thought of that. This is how you want me, Lord, to be careful in my life. Second Corinthians 7.1, he says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Here again, talks about our responsibility. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and beautiful, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. The highest form of holiness is in God. He is the holy God. And God is giving you and me, people who are defiled, sinful. He said you can perfect holiness in the fear of God. When I also own up my response, God is saying, I am making new things. I will make a way in the reverse. I am giving you the provision. But now it is yours, mine, to come and take it. And Hebrews 6, 1, he said, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance, dead works, and of faith toward God. Let us go on unto perfection towards God as we face this 2022. Whatever be the challenges that's going to come our way, let's make up our mind. Lord, I want to do perfectness. I want to keep perfecting holiness. It's not that you reach that perfection, you're perfecting holiness. It's a continuous sense. Even I can do it. Let's dig deep into the hearts of our lives so that we can build tall for the glory of God. And God will begin to work in us. Government provides electricity, but you and I have to apply, get the connection, have the proper bulbs and devices for us to enjoy that electricity. I also have a response, government provides, but I have a responsibility to tap into that government source. God provides. God of mercy is a God who punishes also and sends people to hell because of sin. He's a God of mercy, um love. As Pastor Sunny taught us, um love, that's the love of God. But the same God sends people to hell and fight against sin. Sin is so evil, we have to fight it out. And he said, I'm, I fought a good fight of faith, not just against the people who are against his beliefs and his ministry, but it was also against sin. You know, the longest boxing match in the world what happened in 1893. It took about uh, seven hours and 19 minutes. It started at nine o'clock in the night and ended at four o'clock the next morning. That was the longest boxing match. You know, we are in the longest boxing match. Remember that? We have to keep fighting. But at the same time, the shortest boxing match in the world took place for only 20 seconds. 1993, it happened. 20 seconds, you know, one of the world championship, they boxed and within 20 seconds, the opponent was knocked out. Then I was reading about Mike Tyson. Some of you may know about him. Mike Tyson. 
former world heavyweight boxing champion. In 30 seconds, he knocked out one opponent. 30 seconds, world boxing championship. I was just thinking, if people would have got the ticket, they would have just gone and sat. And I tried to see what was the, what was the cost of it. It's approximately $200 on average a ticket is. Paying $200, going and sitting on that, suddenly you find the opponent is knocked out. I feel that we have to be like that. Immediate knockout punches against sin with the grace and with the strength and with the power of the Holy Spirit. Holiness is our fight. And it is submission to sin that destroys us. Three levels in a believer's life. Submission to sin. Some people easily submit to sin. Second one is suppression of sin. There are people who suppress and keep it because they will be caught. Because of fear, of shame, of fear God will punish. But there is a third level. God wants all of us to move into. That is to hate sin the way God hates sin. God is not there in the submission of sin. God is not there also suppressing sin, any of this feeling, but he hates sin. And a believer can walk into that level, walk into that line. This problem. I'm giving you hope, God's grace, but also I'm offering you my, it is for you and me. That's what God says. And as prayer of thanksgiving, you find in the last verse, last line, he says, for you have cast sins back. What shall I speak? He has spoken, he has both spoken to me and himself has done it. I will walk carefully all my years in the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live. And all these things is the life of my spirit. So you will restore me life. He was worshipping and praising God. And then he comes at the end and says, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. I don't know how many of you use the scoop in your prayers. I have used plenty of times, many times, thanking God. And not only that, when I'm fighting out, I say, Lord, you have cast all my sins behind your back. Help me to see your victory in, in Micah chapter 7 verse 19. He will again have compassion on us. He will tre tread our iniquities underfoot. He will cast all our sins into the depth of the sea. Micah prophesies about God's forgiveness and God forgetting our sins. He will cast all my sins into the depths of the sea of forgetfulness. He will cast all of our sins behind us. That's the quality of God. That's the power of God. Life that is available for every child of God who wants to live a holy life. Follow peace with all men, holiness with every no man shall see the Lord. Hebrews 12 14. A hunger, a thirst, a longing for God's holiness. Never willing to compromise even in any area. I'm not saying perfectness, please understand that. None of us are perfect. We're all fallen people. We all have struggles in our life. But are we submitting to sin or suppressing the desire for sin or hating sin? God wants us to move on to that level, hating sin. Again, I repeat, not perfectness, but perfecting, 
holiness in the fear of God, with the grace and with the strength of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, but God has not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness, but unto holiness. This is how God will do to us. He will lead us unto his holiness. He says, I'm making a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You will move forward. You will move forward in this path. And he says, I'm giving you rivers of living water. Wherein you and I can drink and drink and can drink and be cleansed and drink and drink. We can be soaked with the spirit of God. When you and I buy toys for our children, one of the things that will be mentioned there is batteries are not included in this package. And uh, it means there's no power supply for this toy to work. That's not included in this package. But for a Christian, that's not that. When we come to Christ, when we have come to Christ, when you are his children, he says, I will also give you the power to live that life. And the enemy of our soul fears a Christian who studies God's word diligently, who holds on to his or her prayer life carefully, and who loves to live a holy life. I'm sure the demonic fears in the Bible, when we read, we find how the demonic would testify and say, here goes the man of God. Here goes the servant of the living God. Can that happen in our lives? I'm praying that one day when we, the AGH community, we the believers, when we walk into a market area, when we go in to a public square, we travel in the flight in the airports when we are sitting down for our flight timings uh, to come through. We will find the demonic in people saying, here is a man of God, here is the woman of God. God can only do it. And God is willing to do it. God has provided for you and me through the life of Christ. On the cross, he took not only the punishment of sin, but also the power of sin in our lives. He's also taken the power of sin in our, on, his, on his body so that we can be delivered. God promises this 2022, behold, I will do a new thing. My son, my daughter, he says, I will do a new thing. I will change the old nature. I will give you all that is new for you. I will make a way in the wilderness. Not the thing that you think, the way that you think, but my ways will be different. And then he says, I'll give you provisions, I'll give you living waters. I will make rivers to follow your path in the desert, in the desert of your life, in the wilderness, where you think that you're thrown because of sin. He says, I will make a way for you out of that wilderness with rivers of living water, quenching your thirst and quenching your desire. May God help you and me. May we look to God and say, Lord, this century, Lord, I want to be marked out as a person who is different. May your grace cover me. May your grace help me. And he's willing to do it. God is willing to do it. That's why he sent Jesus for you and me. 
Let's look to God in prayer. And before that, I want to read Isaiah 43, 21. The people I found for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. You and I will be able to proclaim his praise through living a life that pleases him. And God says, I will go do everything new for you. Let's look to God in prayer.